about something that everybody, I suppose, has watched over the last, I suppose, 16 months. Andrew McGinley, whose wife was last week found not guilty by reason of insanity of the murder of the three children, said he was extremely appreciative of the willingness shown by the Minister of State for Mental Health, Mary Butler, to bring in new legislation before the Oireachtas. However, he has asked the Minister to involve him and the Cork woman, Una Butler, whose daughters were killed by her husband a decade ago, in any legislation that should be brought before the government. And to tell us a little bit more about it, Andrew McGinley joins me on the line. Andrew, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Nan. Andrew, can I first say, before we start, that, and I'm sure you've heard this so many times from everybody, the nation, everybody, of course, knows your story and everybody wants to pass their condolences, their deepest sympathies, and we don't know how you're getting through each day and every day must seem like that day. So... You can have my personal condolences and everybody here at the station, everybody listening today, because I'm sure everybody feels the same way. And how are you? Thank you. How are yeah, you? No, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I suppose uh, what everybody, when, when the events of January the 24th first happened, um, people would have been aware of it and uh, realised that, uh, you know, serious and horrific it had happened, but... To be quite honest, I, I would know myself that it would go out of people's minds until the trial started. Um, but for me, I suppose I, I've, yeah, lived lived but with you, it but and, you're and an amazing, with all the detail, yeah. You're an amazingly strong person, and I've listened to you talking so many times. And for many people, you're almost an inspiration in the way that you tend to reason things. Um, instead of letting your life be controlled by anger or bitterness, particularly in the last week um, during the court case uh, and afterwards, how how have you managed to do that? Well, I, I, I think I said it that um, the kids wouldn't want me to be angry. A lot of what I do now is, is driven on from by the kids and the strength that I get from them, um, the projects that I'm concentrated on to keep their memories alive, but... The kids never saw me angry. I'm not an angry person, but I suppose I've had a lot of time over the last year and a half to reason things out and to formulate my own opinion, um, mm-hmm. and, and which I would have always done throughout my life. Uh, I would take the time to make a, a, a to formulate a considered response. Uh, unfortunately, I would see some uh, uh, posts on the likes of Facebook where I, uh, people are posting and. I, I know that they're spur of the moment comments and blurting it out of their mouths, but that's not me. I, I, I'm a considered person. I, I'll gain all the information that I can and collate it together and, and uh, formulate my own opinion and express mm-hmm. it hopefully in a, in, a, in, a, in a good way. And that's when you mentioned about the, the Mental Health Act there at the start. I feel that I've had a horrific experience, but you learn from experiences and... Una Butler, as you mentioned, in 2010, had a similar experience to me. Mm-hmm. And she campaigned long and hard, yet nobody thought to, to that her experience should be included in the, the changes made to the Mental Health Act. If those changes had been made, then Connor, Dara and Carla, I would be 99.9% sure they would be alive today. Can, so can, now, I, can, can I ask you, sorry, just sorry to interrupt you, but can I ask you, when we talk about Connor, Dara and Carla, mm-hmm. and for much of the time, by the way, while you were waiting for that court case uh, to come up, of course, you weren't allowed to mention their names because it was only recently, of course, that the High Court overturned the rule yeah. whereby their names could be mentioned. That must have been extremely difficult for you that the, 
the names that you recognised each and every day that you called out each and every day that you might have shouted at every now and again if they did if they were up to a bit of mischief although they seem to get on wonderfully as friends those names were kind of blanked out that must have been very difficult for you well we had names for the kids before they were born mm-hmm. so we had the names selected for them and even for Carla we actually had a voting system uh, we we selected uh, three names each and we put them in and we voted down on the, the names and, and she came out as Carla <laughs> so, and, and you do you describe Connor as always being a Connor before he was born he was yeah, a, he was going yeah, to be a yeah. Connor what what did you mean by that that he was going to be a well, Connor when you when you, you think of nice names and you, you mm-hmm. select names and we just thought oh Connor's a great name and then when he was born you just look at him you go yeah he's a he's Connor, a Connor. <laughs> he's, he's a Connor he's a, he's and there's no other explanation but I mean when I think of Carla the two lads were involved in 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 having her you know in naming her. Yeah. And then not to be able to to name any of them. But that's why when we look at the approach that was taken with the Children's Act, and then when I hear that the Mental Health Act, yes, there's legislation going to go before the doll about the Mental Health Act, well, nobody has approached me, and I would think the experience I have had can add to that act. Can, it would be a benefit for people to speak to me, mm-hmm. and hopefully, and they may choose not to listen to me, but I think at least speaking to me would enable them to have a more, would have a, a better uh, conclusion to, to the Mental Health Act. Because when I look at the Children's Act, I spoke on numerous occasions with uh, Jim O'Callaghan, um, who put it through the doll, with my local TDs, Emer Higgins and Ona Brun, and then Helen McAtee. There was inclusive approach towards it. And what we have now is, is a, a, a robust Children's Act. So the same approach... I feel, needs to be taken with the Mental Health Act. I, I suppose it's about, you know, Wendy, who you were married to for 25 years, and it must be very difficult for you to reason in your mind that when we look at this relationship and marriage, and I don't want to go too deep into your own relationship mm-hmm. with your wife, but when we look at this marriage and these children, everybody looks at this on the outside as, I suppose, I'm, I'm not patronising you, but a picture-perfect family, three beautiful children who seem to be best friends. You talked about the fact that you never really had to give out to them very much. You remembered, I think, five or six times in your life where you might have had to give out to them where they were up to no good. But that's generally the case with all children. But you, And then to try and reason in your head that at some point, without you knowing it, how, how serious it was, that Deirdre's mental health had become such a burden on her that she was temporarily insane and did what she did. That must be... Is there a way to stop that happening? Because... There are many women and men in this country who maybe are hiding the seriousness of their mental health problems and maybe they be to a GP and, and, put a, and the GP has put a plan together and maybe they're not sharing that with their partner. How do you get around that when a doctor has, firstly, has doctor-patient confidentiality unless, of course, the patient tells them that he's going, he or she is going to put somebody's life in danger? We see that you fit it the nail on the head there because we we're sharing a life, we were sharing a house, we were sharing a bed. I knew that Dee um, uh, was experiencing difficulties with her mental health. But because I wasn't included in her treatment plan, I didn't understand the extent of that. So Dee was coming back from appointments and, you know, what she was relaying to me, I now understand, wasn't the true picture. And of all the people, I suppose, that she didn't want to know it was probably me she wanted to put her best foot forward and in her mind maybe not telling me was what made sense to her i will probably never know she will probably never be able to recall 
But that is, I suppose, one of the the difficulties with mental health, because I can understand that patients don't want everybody to know. There's still that stigma around mental health. Are people health. embarrassed you, by it? Are people embarrassed? You can have a heart attack, an illness of the heart. You can have lung cancer. You can have any type of illness. And we and people will usually be free to talk about them, but they won't talk about their mental health. But your mind can get ill. Uh, so it, it, we need to remove the stigma. But for me, the key part of this is an inclusive approach with the entire family. Um, myself and Dee, uh, we loved each other. We were together. I, I can't understand why she wouldn't have wanted me to be included as an advocate. She can't recall whether she was asked that question. Um, but mm. for me, even there are ways and means around it to not to break the patient-doctor uh, confidentiality. Had I been getting a call after every appointment to say, well, what has Dee explained to you after her latest appointment? And I could have said, well, she said A, B, and C. And they could have thought to themselves, well, actually... She should have said X, Y, and Z. That would have been a flag. One simple phone call. And, we can and it, see is, it is a bit of a grey area, Andrew, because, I mean, I, I know I've spoken to a doctor before about mental health and because I had my own situation going back about four years ago. But, but in saying that, when people sit before their doctor or a psychologist or, or a clinical psychologist or whatever it happens to be, the first thing they will usually say, say is, well, look, if you tell me anything that I believe somebody's life is in danger or you're going to harm a child or whatever it is, I have an obligation by law to tell the authorities, right? And they will normally say that to you, you know, when you're talking about your mental health. But it would be very rare, I imagine, that somebody like me or like you or like anybody else would say to the doctor, but can I include other people in this? So how do we get the general public behind it? And encourage people, you know, wives and husbands to say, I want to bring my husband along. I want to bring my wife along. Or I want to bring my daughter or son if you're a bit older, whatever it happens to be. How do we get people behind that? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. But within the recommendations of the Mental Health Act, there is talk about proactive encouragement for the patient to, at all stages to involve their family or a chosen advocate. Now, in our case, if the patient, in this case, the cannot even remember being asked, I wouldn't call that proactive encouragement. I think there needs to be uh, the, the benefits of having an inclusive approach needs to be pro... If they're going to put proactive encouragement into the recommendations, then make it proactive encouragement. And for me, one of the key parts of this is when I sat in at the trial, uh, I think it was on the Wednesday when Brenda Wright, the medical expert, was given her evidence. She was outlining all of these medical appointments and she was going through them one by one. And virtually every single uh, appointment she was discussing. And in the open court, she was speaking about Dee, expressing her concerns about being a parent, feeling overwhelmed, feeling that she couldn't cope being a parent. And I'm listening to this for the first time. And I'm thinking to myself, when, when was somebody going to call me on this? I would have thought that the first time a patient who has experienced mental health illness expressed a concern about being a parent and feeling overwhelmed looking after children, that should have pretty much been a trigger to say, we need to call the father, we need to include the father in these conversations. And, and, I, and I agree with you, Andrew, but... I think many people, 
uh, young parents in particular, maybe with a first child, particularly if a woman has had postnatal depression, for example, will go through a feeling sometimes of worthlessness, will go through a feeling of being, um, I suppose, overwhelmed by the fact that you now have a young human being to look after. Uh, to go through that whole, uh, am I inadequate? Am I good enough for this job as a parent? Because as you know, no, we don't get a book with children. So I think we've all been through that. And there are people who would want to keep that to themselves because maybe they don't want to worry their partner because maybe in their own mind, okay, I feel like that, but look, I will go home and be a parent and I will deal with it because from what you say and and the evidence you gave, you know, Dee was a good parent, you know, and she did get through it and she managed to keep it from you. I didn't, I don't mean hide it from you, but she managed to keep it from you, the seriousness of this. So she, until the point that she did what she did, she was a good parent to her children. Definitely, and in December 2019, Whilst we as a, an extended family, with uh, siblings and, and my family and, and the circle of friends, we were all of the opinion that Dee was improving to the extent that just after Christmas, she was talking about going back to work. Yet it comes out in the court that that same period, the professional services who were treating Dee considered her health, mental health to be declining. So... I, I struggle to understand mm-hmm. where is the point where they go, right, we need to, the, the family does need to be included. We need to share more information with the family. We should be sitting down now with the patient and proactively encouraging them to include their family more. So would you, su- even- would you suggest at an opening appointment, say with a psychologist or with a doctor or GP or whatever, that if you are going to talk about mental health and the fact that you're feeling down, depressed or whatever, suicidal or whatever it happens to be, that that doctor then suggests to you, we would like to talk to you a little bit about this and do you have an next of kin or somebody in your life that you trust with this information that we could share this with that would help you? Is that what you're saying, that we should proactively encourage people to do that? Well, that's in the recommendations of the Mental Health Act. Mm. That's in the HSE's own, you know, in, within the Act. So there should be a proactive encouragement for the patient at all stages to involve their family or a chosen advocate in the admission process and in the development of the care and treatment plan with the patient's consent. Now, I agree with that totally. But if, in our case, the patient can't even remember being asked, I don't think that is proactive encouragement. And maybe they need to put in there to be continual proactive encouragement so that every meeting that they are saying, we now believe you need to include your family in this. Your family need to realize that, you know, you are expressing concerns about the welfare of your children and being overwhelmed as a parent. I mean, we had such a support circle that I we could have had people here 24-7 supporting us if Dee felt overwhelmed. But Dee is coming back and telling us that, no, I'm I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm yeah. getting better. I'm going, thinking of going back to work. So and that I, is what I, troubles I, and, me, and I, is that, that there needs to be a way. There are cleverer people than me out there. There are people with uh, lots of letters after their names and massive qualifications in mental health. Surely they can come up with a way so that no more children have to die. And that, for me, is the end game here, is that there has to be more inclusion and no more people have to die. In relation to going forward for you, Andrew, and I know every day, probably yesterday seems like Friday the 24th of January, every single day probably feels the same way for you. And I know 
it must be difficult for you, you know, living in the house and you probably still hear the echoes of Connor and Dara and Carla around the house and think of when you're, every time you look at a corner, for example, of a, uh, the corner of the kitchen, of course, you talked about Carla and her book collection, etc., etc. It must be very difficult for you to deal with that on a daily basis. And are you getting support, by the way? Do you get automatically get support? Um, the, the house actually brings me comfort now because as I sit here now, I'm looking at the, uh, the Christmas lights are still on the stairs. And they're there from Christmas 2019 because the deal was if the lads helped me take down the Christmas tree and everything else, that we'd leave the lights up on the stairs. The, the lights were wrapped all the way up the stairs up to their bedrooms and they loved them. So that was the deal. And uh, I said I'd leave the lights up until the end of January. And, of course, they died on the, on the 24th. So as I sit here, I look out and I'm looking at those lights and it's a joyful memory. I can see Connor's... Uh, beanbag uh, that he had that he absolutely adored on the kitchen table i'm looking and there's a jigsaw uh, that i i've referenced on twitter it was a jigsaw that i bought for connor and uh, we never quite got around to completing it uh we had a number of failed attempts mm-hmm. so i'm gonna complete that jigsaw and 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 get it framed everywhere i look i'm actually sitting now uh, people know connor's clips on on youtube where Carla was sitting looking at the three dancing snowmen uh, Christmas two years ago. So everywhere I look, there's, there's good memories. And then the project that I'm doing in, in memory of the children, they, that, that gives me great, great joy. Um, and that's what drives me on. That's what helps me put one foot in front of the other. It's very difficult. And, and I, you're a strong person, and you are an inspiration, Andrew, to many people who believe that they couldn't, you know, deal with it the way you're dealing with it but tell us a little bit just before you go finally in relation to the project and obviously what you want to do and i and i know you have there's a website by the way um you're yeah 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 so connor connor i suppose wanted a youtube channel yeah so we we discussed a few ideas around that but unfortunately um he passed before he we could get it set up so i've started the youtube channel and what i have is is just the clips of the kids uh and uh, so that's Connor's clips on YouTube, and I support that on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Carla wanted a snowman, but we couldn't, uh, as it doesn't snow every year, what I'm hoping to do is set up a colouring competition for Carla. Uh, for Dara, Dara wanted me to get involved with Rathcool Boys, where he played, but uh, Dara was involved in everything. He was involved in the hurling, the ga, the drama club, the athletics, anything that was going on, uh, Dara was in there. He was participating and he was getting involved. So in memory of Dara, we're setting up a charity called uh, As Dara Did. So the idea behind it is we're looking for projects that encourage people to get involved in their local community as Dara did in the same way. Um, And also then the two lads were prolific comic book writers. So I'm hoping to write. uh, They had several unique characters. So I'm going to write books based on those characters, which will include... Connor, Darren, Carla. But I can't do this without everybody's support. If I set up a charity and nobody puts any money towards it, then it, it falls on its backside. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate. I've, I've had a great support. Um, and Niall Quinn, uh, the Manchester City and Ireland footballing legend, has offered quarterly prizes uh, for anybody who signs up for a, uh, mm-hmm. a monthly donation to the charity. And, and without that support, uh, you know, it, it 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 lifts me, and that's what just keeps me 
going, to be quite honest with you. So, well, if I, people are interested, I will, I, I'll put a link up on my Twitter account. It's asdaradid.ie. So um, I get Ashley just to throw a link up on, on their Twitter account. Yeah, so brilliant. if you go to the, if you go to the Loud Boy so Twitter account on the Facebook page, we'll put it up there as well. And, and the idea is that you want to keep the memories not only going of your children, but to encourage other people to get involved in those kind of activities and those charities yeah, with the yeah, colouring yeah. and, and the sports and everything else. Just a final question and one that I was personally thinking about, Andrew, if you don't mind me asking you last yeah. week and when I was watching uh, the court case as well. When, when you stood in the courtroom and you look at T, what do you see? Um, I, I, I don't see the, pe- the person that I, that, I, uh, that I knew and that I loved. So, and, and I'll just keep it at that. Okay, at that. okay no, no, okay, yeah. okay. I just, I was just wondering yeah, how yeah, that, yeah. how that moment made you feel. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Andrew, listen once again. Thank you very much indeed for coming on the show today. Uh, you have all our support. You have everybody's support. And once again, the website, by the way, is asdaradid.ie if you want to go to it. There's lots of good reasons why you should go to it. And by the way, just finally, in relation to the HSE, you have had no contact yet from the HSE in relation to this. No. Um, I believe they asked me to write to them um, if I wanted a meeting. Uh, they were very helpful by not telling me who to write to or where to write to. Um, and I do, I, I understand there was a statement released by St. Patrick's Hospital. But other than, I, I've had numerous letters and cards and offers of condolences and sympathy from these frontline colleagues and a lot of frontline staff who um, I have a great deal of time and respect for and even these direct line management at the hospital. But not one offer of sympathy or condolence or anything so you've, had, so you've had no contact services. from Paul Reed or or anybody. I mean, I would imagine. Uh, no, no, no. I, I and it shouldn't. That's well, disappointing, shouldn't, isn't it? Yeah. Because I mean, everybody knows at this stage, Andrew, what mm. you want to do and what you want to do is help. Um, and together with Una Butler, you want to help to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else, and nobody else ever has to go through this. So you would imagine that Paul Reed or the HSE would at some point contact you to say, "Well, what can we do?" Well, certainly from them. I need answers. I need uh, them to sit down and go through these treatment plan with herself and myself. We need to understand. Yeah. We have lots and lots of questions, and the trials are up even more questions. And there, as I sit here, they are unanswered. And the only people who can answer are the professional service who are treating D prior to the children dying. Andrew, thank you very much indeed. And, uh, thank you, Niall. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank, thank you very much indeed. Bye-bye. There Bye-bye. you go. There's Andrew McGinley. And his children will always be remembered. Connor, Dara, Carla, nine, seven and three years of age, who passed away on the 24th of January 2020. And now he's using the death of his children, of course, to raise awareness for many other people, uh, to get support in mental health. And not only that, uh, obviously it's a set of charities in memory of Dara and Connor and Carla, um, be it the colouring competition or the YouTube accounts or to get involved in sports. And you can find all the information as on asdaradid.ie. And again, I'll put a link. If you go to the Nile Boylan Twitter account or to our Facebook account, we will put a link on that. All right. Yeah.